Hello, and welcome to Orgullo Hispano. This is the Hispanic Leaders Network first podcast that is going to be bilingual, and it is the first one of its kind here in Central Texas. I am your host, Hector Sabido, and I am so humbled and thrilled that HLN has asked me to be a part of this project. Throughout the podcast, you will hear from many community leaders, many artists, many up-and-coming Hispanics that are doing great things in the areas of sector they work with, whether it be government, business, arts, and more. The first podcast I'm excited to announce, it is with the Hispanic Leaders Network Board of Directors. They have been so busy these past few years really getting HLN off of the ground, and you have really seen the fruits of their labor. So we thought that it was a great time to introduce them to you, especially during Hispanic Heritage Month, which we are so thrilled about it. Throughout the month, you will hear from other Hispanics in our area that are going to bring you inspirational words, encouraging words, and just really the great things that we, they are doing in our community. First, let's start off with this HLN board. Our first guest, I'm excited because she, in essence, with the help of a few individuals, started HLN. Um, so, Mrs. Elaine Botello, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Me. Elaine is also the chair of HLN. Um, and so I am excited to talk to you about the organization um, and the mission and the work that it does. But to start off a little bit, tell me what, for those that don't know, what is HLN? What is its mission? What does it do? You know, why does it exist? Well, the Hispanic Leaders Network, mm -hmm. um, as you know, it started about four years ago. And the whole purpose of uh, forming this network was for people to have a place, a sense of belonging um, in our community, mm -hmm. something that um, I personally had not seen as a Hispanic leader. Yep. Um, I, I remember uh, when we had our first meeting um, back at the Waco ISD uh, conference yep. room back in 2018, 18, I believe. Yes, uh, you know, I had been doing my own job as an assistant superintendent at that time and always busy in the sure, work. Sure. Um, but when we had this first meeting, all of these leaders in one room, I don't think I had ever in my life seen so many Hispanic leaders yeah. in one room. And it was I, pretty awesome. I it, was, that, yeah. it was amazing. And I'm like, where have all these people been? <laughs> it was so inspirational to me. Um, and that was our great first meeting. Sure. And we knew that we had something good going on here yeah. and we needed to uh, just keep the momentum going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but the Hispanic Leaders Network, it really is just a group of passionate leaders in our community who want to inspire other current and future leaders to make an impact yeah. in our community, um, to be able to give them the resources, um, inspire them, uh, leadership development skills, sure. um, just so they can advocate, number one, for themselves and for those to come. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we really have built upon that. Uh, we... Um, since that meeting, I think it was about a year later, we uh, got together a, a, a quite a few people, actually, a core group of people mm -hmm. established some core values. Mm -hmm. And then we uh, came up with our vision statement, uh, which is to um, be an inspiration to current and future leaders to make an impact in the greater Waco community. You know, I, I have been fortunate to see HLN, maybe not as long as you, but, you know, be a part of it uh, semi-beginning. And I remember it was started off as quarterly lunches. 
I've been a part of HLN, you know, maybe not as long as you have, but uh, pretty close to the beginning. And I remember at that time it was just quarterly lunches, correct? Um, and then a year later, like you talked about, there was that strategic planning session where uh, HLN and a group of, of leaders came up with a vision statement and a mission statement and core values to now there are monthly lunches um, taking place all over the city. There are um, mentorship programs that are with the local high schools and Baylor University. There are um, just so much coming from HLN. What do you attribute that to? I attribute I attribute that to um, just people who are passionate about helping others. Yes. I agree. Helping others have that sense of belonging, um, really just showing people, especially our younger generation, Mm -hmm. who will one day hopefully be sitting in the seats that we're sitting in now to know that if we can do this, so can they. I mean, Hector, when you think about, you know, several Hispanic leaders in our community, where they are now, uh, you know, whether they are. Uh, serving in a leadership role in their church or Mm -hmm. serving in a leadership role at their employment or in the community. Um, We all kind of have similar stories where we might have had hard knocks along the way. We had the scrapes and bruises. We have had (laughs) plenty and, and, and blood too, probably, but plenty of scrapes and bruises to show it. And it's not always as easy for Hispanics Uh, to overcome the challenges um, and get to a certain place where, you know, you really should be proud of. And, you know, for me personally, and I know a lot of my my colleagues that I work with uh, in the Hispanic Leaders Network group, you know, they have that same passion. It's like, how can we build uh, future leaders uh, and help them realize that they do have a voice. Yes. They definitely deserve a place at the table. Yep. Um, and they definitely should be included in important conversations in our community. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's just been so rewarding to see the growth of Hispanic Leaders Network. Uh, so much happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you were mentioning, you know, we uh, you know, came up with our core values and our vision, our mission, but also the strategic goals. You know, we had a summer retreat uh, back in June mm-hmm. of uh, 2022, and over 30 Hispanic leaders came to that summer retreat, and they shared their passion, and we all collaborated on what's important. I love that. You know, and you know, the first thing, the first item, is language justice. Yes. Yes. You know, that's 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 a real yes. thing in our community. Um, you know, we have a lot of members of our community who, you know, um, cannot communicate in English. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's mm-hmm. something that we all take for granted. It's we can go thing. anywhere and we can communicate right. with anybody, right. um, but not everybody can do that. Right. And we want them to feel included. You know, I think, you know, you, you're talking about language justice and I've seen over the last several years like it become really a topic that has come to the forefront of of some of the barriers that people are are facing and you're absolutely right it is a rear a real barrier uh that people are facing and we do take for granted the fact that you and i can communicate in english but there are some people here that don't have that privilege they don't have that luxury um and so i think it's even more important that HLN is taking that on its back and saying, we want to make sure that there's language justice, that there's language equity 
for our community. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, you know, just to be a part of something like that that could be groundbreaking in our community mm -hmm. is just so important mm -hmm. to me. And I'm also learning better Spanish sure. as a result of it, sure. too, because I'm not fully bilingual. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, I was brought up in the days where my parents felt like it would be to my benefit mm -hmm. not to teach me. Well, I don't want to say not teach me Spanish, but they wanted to make sure that I was able to communicate yes. in English yes. because they felt like there would be more of an advantage for me. Uh, right. And they were doing that out of love, Absolutely. you know, but, you know, hindsight 2020, you know, um, I wish they would have taught me Spanish, yeah. but I, I definitely get it. I definitely yeah. get it. And there's a lot of people that are in the same shoes. So Absolutely. for me, it's also a learning opportunity. Like, you know, I, I, I want to, um, you know, better my uh, Spanish speaking skills mm -hmm. and, you know, having this language justice also allows people like me to kind of like, let's immerse ourselves mm -hmm. and learn, uh, learn a little bit of Spanish along the way too. Mm -hmm. But really the ultimate goal is to reach out to the community sure. and let them know that they have a place yeah. at the table. And, you know, there's so many um, meetings and uh, events that they could be a part of that they probably choose not to be just mm -hmm. because of that language, sure, uh, sure. you know, barrier. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. And then also, you know, some other strategic goals, leadership development. Um, that's one of our priorities. Uh, mentoring, as you mentioned mm -hmm. earlier, uh, mentoring, you know, to the high school students, uh, reaching out to the college students and getting them involved mm -hmm. and letting them know that, you know, we're here to support them. We're also here to give them the leadership skills that they need right. as well to, you know, be great future leaders. Um, and so it's, it's just been very rewarding, you know, just to be able to contribute. And let's not forget the inspirational speakers yes. that we have that come and to. You've had some wonderful speakers. We've had some wonderful speakers. And, you know, all of us could use a little inspiration yep. every now and then, yep. right? Yes, ma'am. Someone who's really going to hit home and just sometimes you just need yeah. a little bit of that spark to a keep little, you going. A little push to say, hey, you can do this. You can do <laughs> this. You can do this. Or. You know, I think one thing that we hear a lot is, you know, uh, failure is not a mistake. Mm -hmm. You know, we all fail at some yep. point in time. It's what you do with there that failure yep. that counts. Yep. Um, and so just having these wonderful speakers come in and share their stories, how they got to where they are now and some leadership skills that, you know, they feel have been vital to their success yep. and just sharing that you know, with the, the group has yeah. just been amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Well, Elaine, thank you um, for really uh, being a pioneer with HLN and, and making sure. I know that you have worked tirelessly. <laughs> um, but one of the cool things about HLN, and I'm going to let you share a little bit about this, that uh, HLN here recently got its, its own 501c3, so it's its own nonprofit organization. Um, what do you think that means to HLN and what do you see HLN doing in the future? I I feel that has just opened up um, really so many opportunities for the organization, mm -hmm. uh, just to be able to expand what we're doing now, especially the mentorship yep. 
piece, um, the leadership development piece. I mean, I can envision us doing some great things. And, you know, let's not forget, HLN is inclusive. It has been beautiful to see everyone come to the table and be a part of, you know, what we're doing. Um, You even have board members that are not Hispanic, but... They want to be a part of the They calls. want to be a part of it. Yeah. And um, a lot of our sponsors, our monthly luncheon sponsors, mm-hmm. you know, they are, you know, all about what we're doing. And so I love the the inclusiveness yes, of the agreed. organization. It, it's so beautiful. Yep. Um, and yeah, so as far as a nonprofit piece, again, just um, being able to spread our wings mm-hmm. um, and really engage in the community a little mm-hmm. A little more than what we've mm-hmm. been able to, um, and um, you know we're we're in the baby stages, yes. but it's fun. It's been fun so far. So many people um, just wanting to know what they could do I to help that. support that HLN so awesome. entities. You know, asking you know, how can we sponsor? Um, yeah. Tell us you know what we can do to get involved. It, it's just been so rewarding just to hear, you know, those opportunities. You know that we can just really dive into. Love it. Well, thank you, Elaine, once again. I am so appreciative to you and and the work that the board is doing. Um, And so I hope that as this podcast continues, that that you guys will be able to see some of these leaders that she's talking about. We're going to be talking to leaders that are not only leaders, not only Hispanic leaders in the business, but in the nonprofit sector, in the art sector, um, even, even in political sectors. So it's just going to be a podcast where we can highlight great people doing great works in our community. So thank you, Elaine. Well, and thank you, Hector, because I remember you were at that very first meeting when we were working on our core values and uh, we came up with a vision statement and you were at the table um, too. And um, your contribution has been vital to the growth of the organization. So thank you for everything you've done. I do love HL and I will say it's it's near and dear to my heart. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. It's mine as well. And that's what, that's why we do what we do is because of that passion is for the the heart of it. Exactly right. Thank you again. Absolutely. Thank you, Hector. Isabel, ahorita que estamos celebrando la mes de la hispanidad, ¿eso qué significa para usted y para su familia? Pues para nosotros significa este apoyar a los negocios aquí este que son propietarios de la gente hispana. Uh-huh. En especialidad nos encanta ir a comer, ir a los uh-huh. restaurantes. Siempre me preguntan, ¿a cuál es tu favorito? Le digo, pues es que no tengo, no, todos están riquísimos. Uh-huh. Sí, y pues también nos encanta cocinar este con familia, siempre con mis hermanas o con mi suegra, siempre nos juntamos, hacemos tamales, tortillas, mm, pozoles. Sí, cuando llega mi papá de Oaxaca, nos trae mole oaxaqueño. Mm-hmm. que el coloradito es el favorito mío <laughs> este y no nos encanta siempre estar de familia siempre este platicando cool. lo que hacíamos cuando estábamos creciendo lo que hacían nuestros nuestros padres uh-huh. nuestros familiares y también cuando pues cuando estamos juntos ya nos encanta jugar lotería Así es. nos encanta jugar lotería divierte uno. nos divertimos <laughs> que la chalupa y buena siempre gritamos qué bueno y qué también bueno. este algo que también nos gusta a mí bueno a mi, a mi esposo y a mí en especial es oír música sí. Nos encanta la música regional mexicana mm. y este y más cumbias para bailar así y pues es, claro, nos es. encanta bailar. <risa> Trabajando por una estación de radio me siento igual oh, yo okay, también. Okay. Sí, sí, claro. Sí, nos, nos encanta bailar, siempre nos ven bailar. Qué bueno. Sí. Oiga, hablando de su carrera profesional, usted es una directora aquí en el, en el ejercicio escolar, pero es una de las este 
pequeñas números de hispanas que tenemos como directora. Sí. ¿Eso qué significa para usted? Pues para mí significa un honor poder representar a mi, a mi gente, como quien dice, o sea, este no ha sido un paso este fácil, uh -huh. ha sido muy difícil es, este ascender hasta donde estoy yo, uh -huh. pero lo tomo muy serio. Qué o bueno. sea, yo quiero que la gente vea y que los niños en especial vean que sí se puede, sí. que todo estamos en el país de la oportunidad, que todo es posible. Yep. Cualquier sueño que tienen lo pueden obtener. Y este... Y algo que me gusta yo a mí reflexionar también es que todo lo, o sea, estamos en la en el país de la oportunidad y todo es posible. Sí, así es. Este, me encanta, yo pienso que es, bueno, bueno yo cre, creciendo nunca tuve una directora, maestros que se miraban como yo, como, nunca, como nunca. Y, y para mí eso era algo, les digo a todos cuando cuento mi historia, era como que si yo ir a China, o sea, era algo imposible uh -huh. de alcanzar, era una meta imposible para alcanzar, pero gracias a Dios alguien creyó en mí. Mi, este, una, una de mis supervisoras, la doctora Yolanda López, uh -huh. que ya está retirada de ella y vive en San Antonio, me dijo, Isabel, tú eres, veo que eres muy inteligente, no has pensado ir a colegio. Le digo, pero eso no es para mí. Le digo, yo soy hija de migrantes, eso no es, o sea, yo no, yo no soy el molde de lo que la gente piensa que es, es para ir a la universidad. No, y ella me ayudó, dijo, tú sí puedes, tú lo que tú quieras, dijo, dream big, sueña grande, uh -huh. tú lo puedes hacer. Ah, y gracias a ella que vio algo en mí, y es algo que a mí me gusta inculcarle a mis alumnos, a decirles que tú puedes, tú puedes hacer el presidente de los Estados Unidos, puedes hacer este directora, director, doctora, lo que tú quieras, sueña grande, porque sí se puede. O sea, alguien fue un ejemplo para usted, sí. y ahora usted es un ejemplo para los otros niños que siguen después de usted. Sí, sí. Eh, padre, pues le queremos dar muchas gracias por todo lo que hace gracias. en la escuela, en la comunidad, gracias. y estar aquí por nos, con nosotros hoy, así que gracias. Sí, gracias, muchas gracias. Our next guest is Josh Caballero with Grassroots Community, and they do some wonderful, phenomenal work in our community. So, Josh, thank you for being here today. Sure. Quick question for you. So, as you work in our community, what do you think are the biggest assets or the biggest uh, things that co the Hispanics give to our community here locally? Yeah, that's a great question. So at Grassroots, we always want to think about what are the strengths that community members bring to the table. And we work a lot with Hispanic community leaders. And the truth is we have lots to bring right to the right. table. Exactly. We have vibrancy and life. There's a sense of community that is really important for our Waco community, sure. if you think about that. Um, and to be quite honest, It's the same strengths that every other person brings too, right? We are uh, hardworking, we are innovative and creative. We have such an entrepreneur spirit mm -hmm. I've seen in the Hispanic community here in Waco. I love to hear that, man. Um, if you had your crystal ball and you look <laughs> five, 10 years from now, how do you think Hispanics will fit into this community specifically? Well, I think if you, took, if you take a look at what's happening right now, The Hispanic community is one of the fastest growing across the sure. country, but that's also true here in Waco. Exactly. And if you look at small businesses that are being that are popping up, it's largely Hispanics who are opening up small sure. businesses sure. who are moving into that entrepreneur section. So if I think of kind of 10 years from now, Waco, what is Waco looking like? I think 
what we will see are a lot more Hispanics in leadership. Um, I think that that is kind of the future of our community here. Um, HLN is creating opportunities and spaces for Hispanics to get more plugged in. And so absolutely, I think we're going to see a lot more Hispanic leadership in Waco down the road. I love to hear that, Josh. And I love, honestly, I'm a fan of the work that you do in our community. So thank you. And thank you for being here today. Sure, absolutely. Ahora tenemos la famosa doctora Ileana Newman que hace buen trabajo, es, es doctora, pero también le da la comunidad con su tiempo, con la fa, el tiempo de su familia y estamos bien agradecidas por, ten, por tenerla aquí hoy. Así gracias don, doctora Newman por estar con nosotros hoy. Es todo un gusto para mí. Muchas gracias. Oiga, una pregunta a usted. Sé que usted, como dije, está este, apasionada por muchas cosas en la comunidad y usted hace demasiado. No sé cuándo duerme usted, ¿eh? pero ¿por qué usted eligió este, participar en la organización HLN y eso qué significa para usted? Bueno, entonces yo me regresé, yo nací aquí en Texas, en okay. McAllen, um, pero yo vivía mucho tiempo afuera en todas partes del país. Uh, regresé aquí a Texas um, hace como seis años um, porque quería que mis niños chiquitos um, estuvieran más cercanos a su comunidad, uh -huh. a su herencia hispana. Um, al llegar estuve muy sorprendida. Dije, ¿dónde están los latinos? No los encuentro. Um, porque usualmente nosotros tenemos una parte muy activa en claro. las comunidades que nosotros vivimos. Claro. Participamos a todos niveles, traemos uh -huh. mucho a, a nuestras comunidades y aquí yo dije, ¿dónde estamos? Estamos um, escondidos todos. Estamos ¿no? escondidos. <risa> y recibí la invitación um, para HLN y entré al cuarto y fue, wow, aquí es donde están. Uh -huh. Y se sintió como llegar a casa. Qué bueno. uh, me sentí cómoda, dije, aquí está mi gente y están haciendo lo que yo pensé, en, trabajando en universidades, teniendo uh -huh. negocios, en salud, en, en todo tipo de uh, direcciones de la comunidad, nosotros estamos presentes. Uh -huh. um, y dije, esto tiene que seguir. Y es ese mismo día le mandé una nota a Elaine, que en ese tiempo estaba organizando los y le dije, wow, eso fue fabuloso, por favor, vuelve a invitarme. Y lo hemos hecho ya Qué por bueno. varios años. Ya cuatro años, ¿no? Cuatro años ya. Para mí significa exagerado. Uno, porque otra vez yo, tra yo quise traer mis hijos aquí para estar cerquitas a su cultura y quiero que ellos experimenten todo lo bello uh -huh. que es ser latino. Uh -huh. um, yo creciendo aquí en este país, la hija de un inmigrante, mi uh -huh. mamá era de San Luis Potosí, hay veces nuestra herencia se siente como una barrera. Claro. Uh, sentimos que mucha gente nos hace de menos uh -huh. solamente porque nomás mira nuestro exterior. Uh -huh. Y a este punto en mi vida yo he reconocido que esas son, um, es una historia de afuera de la de nosotros, porque uh -huh. la historia de nosotros es una historia de fuerza, de resiliencia, de contribución uh -huh a esta comunidad, uh -huh. um, a los Estados Unidos, al mundo. Tenemos tanto que dar y tanto que nuestros ancestros nas, nos ha dado en términos de fuerza, de amor a, uh -huh. al prójimo, de Integridad. generosidad. <risa> absolutamente, absolutamente. Y yo, para mí esta organización es tan importante porque puedo seguir ayudándonos a unirnos, a crecernos, a encontrar nuestra voz uh -huh. para ser una mejor comunidad para nosotros, una mejor comunidad futuro para para mis hijos y porque en eso también vamos a contribuir mucho mejor a la ciudad en grande. Así es. Una persona que está pensando este, de reunirse con HLN, ¿usted qué diría que son las ventajas para ser parte de este grupo de la organización? ¿Usted qué diría que, que, que puertas abre? Uh -huh. um, 
Para mí son muchas. Otra vez, hay mucha fuerza en, en, en el número. Escuché una frase, alguien más dijo, uh, los palitos no se quebran cuando están en, en montoncito, es. ¿verdad? Entonces, hay fuerza en estar juntos, en, en recordarnos um, las cosas que todos traemos a la mesa. Um, también una de las cosas que nos da más fuerza en los tiempos difíciles es, es reconocer lo que está dentro de nuestro corazón y es, esta organización nos trae eso al frente. Uh -huh. ¿Qué son las cosas bellas? El, el, uh, el orgullo y um, la felicidad, el, el estar contento en, uno, en la piel de uno mismo. Uh -huh. Esta organización me trae a mí todo eso. Pero um, para mí, tú sabes, parte de nuestro nombre es líder, ¿verdad? Sí, Somos los líderes hispanos. Y para mí ser líder significa el servicio. Así es. Y ahorita estamos haciendo mucho, especialmente en mi comité, que es el de um, engancha la cultura, um, en, en, en enganchar el resto de la comunidad, encontrar maneras de dar servicio, porque es en el dar, en la generosidad, donde nosotros crecemos y nos hacemos mejor. Y, y lo que me gusta también cuando he participado como en los lunches o actividades que pone HLN, cada vez es como que vemos este, nuevas personas y me encanta que la gente está este, tomando de su tiempo, que, que me imagino que están ocupados y llegando a estos eventos, ¿no? Absolutamente, y es por la energía, ¿verdad? Sí. La energía de inclusividad, de estás bienvenido, queremos que vengas con nosotros, ¿verdad? Y eso es mucho parte de nosotros. Claro. Y sí, cada vez que venimos crece más y más, y, y pues es em, tan emocionante ser parte de este grupo. Bien. Pues doctora, muchas gracias por estar aquí con nosotros hoy. De veras, se lo agradecemos todo lo que usted hace personalmente, no solo en su trabajo, pero también en la comunidad. Y en sí, usted, si tenemos que escoger un líder aquí en la comunidad, su foto está ahí. Así que muchas gracias por todo. Gracias a ti, Héctor. So our next guest is the man, the myth, the legend, uh, the new principal of University High School, my alma mater, Go Trojans. Go Trojans. Uh, Mr. Alonzo McAdoo. Alonzo, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's a great opportunity. Hey, so I learned that you are involved in HLN, which, by the way, I love it, man. Yeah. Uh, what motivated you? What inspired you to want to be involved with HLN? Well, for me, it was just hearing that it was an opportunity to really touch the students that I work with at my campus. Okay. Because when the idea first came to me, uh, it was talking about providing our students an opportunity to see what people around can not only provide mentorship, but show them that there's different pathways available to them. Okay. And so when I saw that connection, I was like, hmm, who's doing this work? Sure, sure. And then that's when HLN came in and I said, well, how do I get to be a part of something so fabulous? So, so inspiration, because as an educator, you want to inspire your students to great, to do great things, sure. but it's nothing more inspirational than having that at home in person right. style connection. And I want to be a part of that. Well, and I think, you know, um, you being the principal of what I would consider the largest Hispanic school yeah. in our community, um, even more important. And so what does that mean to you for, for you yourself being the principal? Because I know university is your alma mater as well. Yeah, so it's home so uh, there you go. It's home. So what does that mean to you being principal of UHS? Well, when you have such a large Hispanic demographic, as a principal, I can't be blind to that. Correct. And one of the things that I see is that I need to make sure I understand the culture. I need to make sure that I'm 
putting things in place to not only represent the culture, but to enhance it. Mm -hmm. And so as a principal, you want all your students to succeed and thrive, but you also have to know who your audience is. And being a part of Hispanic Leadership Network is going to help enhance the environment for our students there. Sure. It can only make what we have grow. Yeah. And I think uh, when I look at our demographics again, I really and genuinely just want our students to have that representation right. because it needs to be something more than just what they see on social media or right. what they see yes. outside. Yes. I want our students to know right here in your backyard. There you go. Here there we are. are. And, and I think it's important that, you know, I've even heard that there's going to be a mentorship program started yeah. by HLN at UHS. Um, and how important that is, like you said, that they have positive role models that they can look up to that look like them, speak the language that they do, have a lot of them have, you know, are, are children of immigrant parents like many of us are, mm -hmm. um, and that they know that they can be just as successful in life as anybody else. I mean, would you agree? I would agree because seeing is believing a lot of times. Yes. You often hear these these words being shared or they see some out of a book, but it reminds me of when I was teaching history. Uh -huh. uh, one of our social studies lessons was wrapped, wrapped around the Battle of the Alamo. Right. And it didn't hit my kiddos until they, I never forget one student in class, she goes, wait a minute, this this happened for real? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, like here's the math I'm showing you. And But it motivates them to have their family go down and actually view it and walk it. And we took a I trip to go that. see it. And it was like, and it became real. Mm -hmm. And so I think in these terms, when you can actually see people in our community that are impacting, making change and doing things that may not be in your circle, it's eye-opening. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Alonzo, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being here today. But most importantly, thank you for, I mean, I know you have a, a new position yes. uh, this year, but I mean, honestly, you've been doing the work for years, sir. And so um, respect to you and thank, thank you for all that you do for our community. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Now we have Dr. Liz Palacios uh, joining us, which this is a, an honor for me because I've known Dr. Palacios for many years. And Dr. Palacios, uh, it is truly an honor to be here chatting with you today. So thank you for being here. Oh, I'm delighted. And it's an honor for me to see, you know, former students growing up and, and being such a, a presence yes. in this world and this community. And so sure. it's it's definitely thank a presence you. for me. Thank yeah. You. Well, I, you know, I don't know if many people know this. Uh, but you joined Baylor as one, really one of the first Latinas on campus. Tell us what that experience was like, please, if you don't mind. <laughs> Without sounding ancient, um, you know, really, I was a little freshman from San Antonio. Uh -huh. Went to a high school of 99% Mexicanos. Mm -hmm. um, so my, my world was brown, and so coming to Baylor was a culture shock. Sure, sure. But one of the very first people I have to give my um, utmost um, thanks to, it was Ruben Santos. Okay. And Ruben was already a community member. Yes, ma'am, he was. But he was always, already an icon at mm -hmm. Baylor. Mm -hmm. um, he was the director of, of the union at Baylor and the very first Latino that I saw. Mm -hmm. And... Let me tell you, I felt like, I, should I be here? And he was the very first one that said, yes, you are supposed to be here. You can do it. And you have a place here. So, boy, that was big for me. Sure. Well, you know, I think our stories are very similar because I came yeah. from a high school that was predominantly mm -hmm. Hispanic, Latino. And so entering Baylor um, was a huge culture shock for me. And even finding people that 
looked like me mm-hmm. or maybe spoke the language that I, t- did, yes. I did, um, were very few far in between. Yeah. And so I kind of share your your story with that. So I completely understand. Yes. And, and and I have to give kudos to Baylor. They've made hate, major oh, strides, you know, in becoming yes. more diverse, would you say? Yes. I would. When I got there, it was about 1% mm-hmm. minority, mm-hmm. not even Latinos, minority. Sure. I think about the time you were there it was much, you know, much higher. We're about 36% now. That it was not wonderful. anywhere near that. Uh, but yes, it just it's it, it's so crucial to see others that look like you there, mm-hmm. whether they're students or whether they're faculty or staff. Sure. Now, now you've made your career in higher ed. Yes. Um, you know, we spoke about your journey at Baylor University, but you recently retired. Yes. So congratulations, first and <laughs> foremost, well deserved. Thank you, thank you. Forty years. Forty in higher years. Education. Wow, that is wonderful. Yes, uh, my very first job was opening the mail and answering phones with my little business degree. Uh, but gosh, yes, I got through Baylor, um, and it was funny because a lot of the roles and titles I have or had rather is was because number one they expanded my role, so sure. obviously I got to grow my my receptionist role. But by the end of the ten years at, at uh, the graduate school, I was the assistant to the dean, and I right. was uh, had already written a, a ninety six thousand dollar grant for minority recruitment. So they allowed me to grow, and I don't know if they just got tired of me asking, so they just said, "Liz, <laughs> do it. Just Liz, just go do it." And you so, showed them you could do and it. Yeah, so I was <laughs> able to do that. And other places like. I was one of the first Latina faculty members in the mm-hmm. School of Education. I remember. And when I was there for my 11 years, I was the only Latina. So it, it, they weren't real happy when, when their number one, their only one <laughs> <laughs> left and went to administration. But, um, you know, I, I tell some people it wasn't hard to be the first one because there weren't any other uh-huh, Latinas. Uh-huh. But it was hard because I did have to break ground. I sure. had to educate my peers you know, how do you treat a Latina? Or, sure. you know, if, 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 if I, have, I have my PhD, if you're going to call others Dr. So-and-so, you call me Dr. So-and-so. Go. So there was a lot of educating my, sure. my just my, my colleagues and my peers. Yeah. Um, but, you know, people have their heart in the right place. Right. Um, so it was fertile ground for me to be able to push and yeah, just say, hey, let's, let's try this and let's yep. do that. And I, and I think that's one of the awesome things that I think you could say and people can say about you is that in many ways you were a pioneer uh, (laughs) when it wasn't popular. Yeah. And so kudos to you. Yeah. You, I didn't get to have a lot of, um, I guess, friends that I could uh, just, you know, just to be able to talk to about, hey, how do I handle this and how right, do I handle right. that? So I, that's why I'm so excited when I get to talk to to younger leaders coming up. And yep. it's like, oh, let me let me give you the map. <laughs> let me don't be out there trying to navigate. Let me give it to you. Yep. So, yeah. But, you know, so so even your life experiences have been a blessing to people like me mm-hmm. because yeah. we've had those that have gone before us um, and they've paved the way for us. And so we are grateful for that. Mm, so thank, thank you. you. Thank you. One more question. If, if now, now that you are entering what I would consider the best time of your mm-hmm. life with retirement, yes. what do you want your students to remember you by? I want them to remember that, um, number one, I really loved working with them and being around them and being part of their, their journey. Mm-hmm. Um, that I hope that they've learned to be authentic, mm-hmm. to bring who you are with you, your sure. language, your culture, the colors you wear, the way, just those things that are so um, core to their value and, and traditions, not to put them aside to fit in, sure. not to put them aside so that things would be easier, 
because you know things are harder right. when you bring your authentic self. Yep. But I really, I really talk a lot about authentic leadership yep. wherever you are. So I hope my students found that validity and that encouragement and that just affirmation of be you. Yeah, there yeah. is only one. Bring it. Yep. Bring it to the table. Bring it to the to uh, discussions that are hard. Bring it to um, opportunities to make things better for yeah. those around us. So, so don't put it aside when people say, oh, you know, I'm uncomfortable. You know, that's it's okay. So okay. It's okay. This is who I am. You're going to learn who I self. am. There yes. You <laughs> You're going to know who I am and, awesome. and what I'm about. So, well, Dr. Palacios, thank you. Thank you thank so you. much for being here. Uh, but most importantly, thank you for, once again, being a pioneer, well, not only for Latinas, but Latinos also. And so um, it is truly an honor to know you. Um, and we wish you nothing but the best in your retirement. Thank you. I am looking forward to my new chapter. I love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Our next guest is Catelia Vasquez, whom I have gotten to know over the last two years, I would say. Yeah. And Catelia, it really has been a joy uh, to see you working in the community, being involved in the community. Um, and so I know, you know, just in working with you, that you mm -hmm. have been very intentional yes. uh, about some of the organizations mm -hmm. that you get involved with. And one of the ones which um, are near and dear to my heart is Inspiracion. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about the organization and, and what it does, especially for the Hispanic community. Yes, for sure. Inspiracion is an early childhood um, education program. Okay. We target at-risk Latinos. Um, and they're the families of at-risk Latinos. Um, we provide services for children ages zero to four, and historically they're mothers, but we also have dads in the program. Which is too awesome. I love yes. that. Yes, actually this year we have um, a, a set of parents who come together. Oh my goodness. Um, that is so the dad is really prioritized good. coming with the mom to the parenting class. So this I is our first year that. with like the, the the set of parents together, which I is very that. exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. So we offer classes to the children for two and a half hours. Um once a week, okay. we have two cohorts each day, Monday through Thursday. Okay. Um, and then also while the kids are getting um, instruction, mm -hmm. then the parents are right next door getting a parenting class where they're learning how to support the child's learning in the home. Wonderful. And then also support social emotional health. Sure, sure. Um, and then also our parents have the option to sign up for home visits with the parents as teachers, mm -hmm. certified parent educator mm -hmm. um, twice a month. To make sure that their child is reaching sure. uh, developmental milestones. But, and, and I know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, one of the main goals of Inspiracion is really to get the children kindergarten ready. Correct. And why is that so important? Um, be, well, it's important because we want our kids to go to school and succeed in school. When a kid is kindergarten ready, mm -hmm. we hope that that puts them on the trajectory to be reading on grade level by third grade, which okay. is a key indicator to a student's success for years after. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and one of the things that we do is really start to in, instill a routine so that the school environment isn't so overwhelming when a kid is entering school. Well, and, and, and the classes are predominantly in Spanish. Yes, our classes are held in Spanish. So, so really, Inspiracion is, um, does the work that really no one else in our community does, correct? You're correct. Yeah. And which is so vital because I think sometimes it's it's already hard, mm -hmm. and, you, and you're going to speak to this in a little <laughs> bit. But it's already hard finding quality, correct, childcare yes. for uh, newborns and mommies, mm -hmm. correct, uh, and dads, and dads. <laughs> but and that's in English. So when it's in mm -hmm. Spanish, yes, 
the numbers even multiply that much more, correct? Yes. Um, you, it's very hard to find a Spanish early childhood program in general, um, mm-hmm. even more so locally. And so I do really pride myself that this program does provide Spanish instruction. Parenting classes are in Spanish. Um, the home visits are done in Spanish. That. But that's not to say that we um, exclude somebody who doesn't speak Correct. Spanish. We do have families who they know some Spanish, but they're predominantly English. Mm-hmm. And so we have accommodated to the point where we've even had those parents come back and say, you know, my Spanish has improved as a result. You know, my child's obviously picking up more Spanish and I can speak Spanish more, with more confidence now just mm-hmm. from attending these parenting classes. Yeah. Now let's talk about you a little bit, okay? <laughs> okay. Because... Uh, you're a, a new mom yes. to a beautiful baby girl, by the way. Thank you. Uh, you work full time for yes. Transformation Waco. I do. You are heavily involved in the community. Yes. Uh, you're married, of I course. I am married. And then you have, like, you know, your, your family, your siblings, mm-hmm. parents, etc. How do you balance it all? My husband would say that I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't balance it all. Um, and like in full disclosure, and I feel like it's important, it's important to say this, especially considering um, our culture and our mm-hmm. community. I recently started therapy mm-hmm. um, because I realized like I, I have a sure. lot on my plate. Sure. Uh, and if I'm not taking care of myself, then I can't Very take care of others. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been a great um, investment in myself. Yeah. Um, I'm already... Like really appreciative of myself for doing that. that. And I'm trying to be be very open about discussing it with people because I don't want it to be a stigma. Right. Um, And and in our culture, a lot of times it is a stigma, right? Because we we, we keep, we grew up with the thought of your dirty laundry is not aired or everything that happens in the house that queda en la casa. Mm -hmm. And so thank you for sharing Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So I do try to balance it all. Um, I really just try to do what I can in the hours that I have, Mm -hmm. knowing that, um, I don't have that much free time. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to be very intentional with like, the boundaries I set with work, um, with my community work. I'm very lucky to have the support that I have from my husband. Mm-hmm. You know, he stays at home full time with Elena, and that's a huge sure. help. Um, he's a rock star dad with yep. her. And so I really couldn't do a lot of what I do if it, I didn't have him like cheering me on. Right, right. Um, and we're also really lucky and blessed to be here and our families are here Correct. so i can tell you know call my mom call my there swag you, you know hey i have a meeting yep. can you, you, help you, out, you do you want baby <laughs> and of course they always oh, want course. baby they like, always want baby no. <laughs> yeah so that's a huge help um i have my my sisters and my brother and uh-huh. i have my uh, cuñado so it's just nice to know like i i have a really great support system yeah. and i don't take that for granted Bocatelia, um I know you do a lot of great work in our thank community, you. so thank you, mm-hmm. uh, because you are real, you're genuine, you're down to earth, <laughs> uh, and then you're fun. Oh, so, well, thank so, you. So, I try to be. Uh, you are, you are. So, so we really do appreciate for oh. everything that you do for our community here. So thank thank you. you. I'm happy to do it. I, I love Waco. Um, being from Waco, oh. um, I, I reaped a lot of benefits from community resources, and it's a priority to me to give back and continue to build on those resources for others. Well, we look forward to what you're going to accomplish in the, in the near future. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Our next guest is what I would con- who I would consider the better part of the Sabido household. And, and so it is really an honor to interview my wife as she is a part of the Hispanic Leaders Network board. Um, and so, Ila, as, as you know, we are celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month right now, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of events going on, not only here locally, but... Uh, in all of Latin America, really, uh, what does Hispanic Heritage Month mean to you? 
Um, it means a, a celebration of our people uh-huh. it, locally, both locally and nationally and historically. It's just a celebration of all that we are and all that we've done and all the more that we can do. It's uh-huh. also a time to inspire others in the community to step up and do their own thing as well. Now, I know, you know, both of us being uh, children of immigrant parents, uh, we had to grow up in uh, what I would consider a biculture, you know, with the Mexican tradition, but also mm-hmm. in America. How do you think you have balanced both of them out? Um, I've, I've got experience. Uh, let's see, I'm 38, will be 39 next month. And it's just, it was part of my day-to-day thing. Sure. So it, I, during the day, speak English and then go home and speak Spanish. So it's a part of who I am. To this day, right? To this day, to this day. So I... Yeah, it's it's a it's so embedded in who I am mm-hmm. that I, I don't know any different, awesome. um, and and I'm proud of both. I wouldn't be who I am today. It shaped me. Yep. Yes. Now I know uh, earlier I mentioned that that you are on the board of directors for HLN, the Hispanic Leaders Network. What are some of the goals that you have for the organization? Um, I uh, currently I'm a chair of the. HLN mentorship committee and so my focus right now really is very much so in mentorship and making Mm -hmm. sure that we not only educate teach give the opportunity to people to become those leaders Um, a lot of times we look at someone else and think oh how can I get to their point how can I get there and it's really as simple as an opportunity and someone giving you that opportunity to hey will you um, take minutes today or whatever avenue that is or maybe help uh, illust- uh, help with the buffet line right, right. It, but there's no big or small there everything has an um, an opportunity to teach you something and everything matters everything matters one can't run without the other right. that's how you know where the arms and feet are i don't think i said that right but it's okay <laughs> but the hands and feet the hands and feet it's all we're all a body um, right. and we're stronger together as a whole awesome. um but um with the mentorship program also not only to also to focus on the, those who are younger than us, but also not forget those who are older than us. Mm-hmm. You can become a leader at any time. There you go. It doesn't, it, you're never too young, you're never too old. There's always an opportunity. And so my passion right now is to make sure that we reach those and give those opportunities to everyone so that they can become. There's a lot of potential in the community that hasn't even been tapped into. And I don't want anybody to feel forgotten. That's wonderful. Well, you know, one of the things that I, I appreciate about what you're saying is because I know what you're saying is true. Um, you know, I know your heart for people and I know your heart for young people. And so it really is uh, an honor to see you do the work in the community mm-hmm. like you do. And so um, thank you. Thank you for what you do. I know you're setting a great example for our children. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, don't, I believe in my heart that you're also setting a great example um, for those students, those children that maybe don't have that home support that they need, mm. uh, but to know that they are valued and that they are appreciated and that they're seen and heard, um, I think it's just as important. So, so thank you. Thank you. Mi siguiente invitada es la famosa Annalie oh. Looper. Este, Annalie es una abogada de inmigración aquí en, en Waco y en el condado de McLennan. Este, pero también conocí a Annalie cuando ella hace bastante trabajo en la comunidad también, que es bien importante. Pero ella todos los días trabaja ayudando a inmigrantes. Este, y quiero que ella nos diga, Annalie, si nos dices un poco... ¿Qué, qué, te, ¿Qué te movió para ser abogada de, de inmigración? ¿Qué, sí. ¿Qué pasó en tu vida que quisiste hacer esa carrera? Sí. 
pues gracias por invitarme aquí, Héctor. Sí, pues um, fui a estudiar leyes un poco tarde en mi vida. Okay. Um, en la escuela de leyes ellos se me llaman mamá porque estaba un poco más viejo que los otros y estudiantes. Está muy joven, ¿te imaginas? <risa> se parece. Um, no, pero sí. Um, me estaba criada aquí en Waco. Okay. Mi mamá es, um, pues era pastora bilingüe. Okay. Entonces, mucho de mi juventud estaba con ella asistiendo a, a citas con personas en su casa, pero uh -huh. migrantes. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Y ella hablando español con ellos y ellos <risa> platicando de su vida, claro. de su experiencia como inmigrantes. Mi mamá es de Uruguay. Uh -huh. Ella no es inmigrante porque era, nació como ciudadana, pero ella crió en, en Uruguay. Uruguay. Okay. Entonces, mi, mi juventud era como un una mezcla una de, mezcla, cultu ajá, de culturas. Pero en nuestra iglesia, que es bilingüe aquí, una iglesia menonita bilingüe, um, tenemos migrantes, también personas que han creado aquí, uh -huh. y esas historias eran parte de, de mi vida, de, de mi familia, uh -huh. de um, mis amistades. Entonces, uh -huh. uh, siempre eso era en mi corazón, Quizás no en, en forma de trabajo, pero detrás de, de años um, me di cuenta que pudiera ayudar mucho en uh -huh. esta uh -huh. este manera, porque no había nadie practicando leyes de migrantes uh, de bajos recursos claro. aquí en Waco. Claro. Entonces, mi iglesia en 2010 me animó a ir a estudiar leyes uh -huh. para hacer eso en, en Waco, y ahora estoy haciendo mi mi trabajo de sueño, básicamente. Uh -huh. Y, y, y me, es importante porque como yo soy hijo de inmigrantes, uh -huh. así que cuando mis papás llegaron aquí a los Estados Unidos, no había la ayuda que hay disponible ahorita. Uh -huh. Así que ellos tuvieron, y me imagino como muchos padres inmigrantes, tuvieron una, una, este, una época difícil, nomás estar aquí, no sabiendo el idioma, no sabiendo a dónde ir por ayuda, haciendo este legales o ciudadanos este sin sin una guía uh -huh. así que me da tanto gusto que hay personas como tú abogados como tú que están ayudando Gracias. a la gente aquí porque en sí sí hace falta uh -huh. hace falta ese trabajo pero quiero saber tu pasión qué qué por qué elegiste este Sé que tu pasión es ayudar a los inmigrantes. ¿Qué, qué, qué hace que tu pasión sea tan, tan real? Sí. Um, pues, en realidad, mi pasión es... Um, voy a ser un poco religiosa aquí. Okay. Mi pasión es servir a Dios. Perfecto. Y creo que um, Dios dice que debemos um, dar bien, bienvenidos a, lo, a los inmigrantes. Es. Y eso es una manera de hacer eso. Así. No es la única manera de dar bienvenidos a inmigrantes, pero es una manera. Y una manera importante. Sí, sí. Y, y me gusta resolver problemas. Y eso es una manera que yo puedo resolver problemas Ajá. de personas, pero también puedo conocerles. Y... Ajá. En casos de, mi, de migración, muchas veces se pende, se están pendientes por años. Entonces, mm -hmm. estoy parte de una mm -hmm. familia por años ayudándoles mm -hmm. en su caso. Y en ese tiempo, puedo formar una relación muy buena con la familia. Voy a quinceañeras, otros um, festivales, cosas que tienen en su familia. Y eso 
lo amo, yeah. lo amo yeah. que puedo hacer eso y mi familia también tiene relaciones con uh, familias de mis clientes, entonces es muy lindo. Yeah. Yeah. Pues Anali, te damos las gracias de veras, no solo por estar aquí hoy en la tarde con nosotros, pero también por todo lo que has hecho y vas Gracias. a seguir haciendo este. Espero, ya sé que hay muchas familias que han cambiado por la ayuda que tú les has dado y en sí sé que Dios te va a bendecir a ti por el trabajo pues que estás haciendo. Así que muchas gracias a usted. Muchas gracias, Héctor. Now I'd like to introduce a good friend of mine, Mr. Adrian Fajardo. Uh, Adrian is um, a, a, a teacher, works in Waco ISD as well with South Waco Elementary. Um, and it's just a great community advocate. So Adrian, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Hey, so I, you know, you know, we are kicking off Hispanic Heritage Month and I've noticed that over the years, you know, there's been a lot of names to describe, uh, whether it be Hispanics, Latinos, Chicano, I think the most um, recent term is Latinx. Um, how would you say you identify yourself as and why? Yeah, that's a really excellent question just because it they're very different mm -hmm. and so um what i identify with is chicano okay and so but the two of the, i believe that i'm got the best of both worlds because my dad's family is from aiko uh -huh. and then my my mom's mom is from texas okay and so um I enjoyed my time in my earlier years going to Mexico, going back and forth, and I was embracing this culture from Mexico, Zacatecas, sure. San Luis, sure. Monterrey. Uh, but I lost it when my dad went away, and so uh, I, I was engaged with the inner city, and so uh -huh. that was more of the Chicano culture. Sure. Sure. And so, but I love it, and I love that that part of part of my life, part of my family. And so I say I got best of those yeah, both yeah, worlds, yeah. and and I enjoy, and I'm yeah. and I'm continuing to learn about the Chicano culture but also the Mexicano culture yeah. too. And so it's great. And I think, you know, there, you know, the, the, the thing that makes us so unique is that you do have individuals from other countries like Mexico or Colombia or Uruguay, you know, and, and most of the, the languages that spoken there are Spanish, but then you have people that are from uh, Latino descent, but they were born here. And so I think, people don't realize sometimes the difference that that can cause. And we've even seen it in school, you know, like those that are from Mexico and those that are from here. Um, why do you think that is? Or why do you think that it has created that culture here throughout the years? Well, um, I think that it's just education. Mm -hmm. I think that, and this is a great one when you have a podcast because people are wanting to know. Sure. They want to learn. Yeah. And so I've, I've had plenty of opportunities where I'm able to educate those people, yes. those different cultures, and say, hey, look, I'm not, this is different. Uh, one of them is when people say, well, I thought you have both your mom's maiden name or your, your dad's maiden name, mom, whatever. Uh -huh. You have both of those names. The and I say, names, right. yeah, the last name, they, you know, they spell it out long. Right, right. But I said, Chicanos don't do that. Right. It's really just the last name Correct. um Correct. but that's just different cultures sure. and so i was able to just educate on that and right. so it's just the education part that we got to do i love that i love that because i think that's what we see a lot of is is a lot of times we see problems because of lack of education and yeah. so to be able to at least be open-minded about it um, speaks volumes of someone correct yeah oh yeah sure does and i and and I, the I think that's why I love teaching is because yeah. it's not just teaching kids. Yeah. I mean, we're teaching adults. There I mean, we're just teaching communities. It's, yeah. it's great. Yeah. So, so, you know, you talked a little bit about um, 
you're in the cl- you were in the classroom. Now you have a different role, correct? Yep. So you were in the classroom. So you were working with students and and parents and even peers. Uh, but you're also heavily involved in the community. What motivates you? What drives you to do the work that you do? Yeah. So um, I really believe in just loving your neighbor as yourself. Okay. And so the best way that we can do that is just serving our neighbor. And I think that we look at the term community and we could think of big sure. and broad, but really it's just serving your neighbor. There you go. And that can be just literally your next yep. door neighbor. There you go. And, um, and how do we do that? Well, we first by learning cultures yep. and we learn them and we learn how to love. And so I think that that's what just really drove me yeah. is to really just love people. And how do I do that? Well, just by serving them. Yeah. And so, um, I just enjoy it. And, I and, and I get to learn from people like you and just learn from people from HLN and just like, man, this is great. Yeah. It's really fun. Well, Adrian, I, I really want to thank you because I, you have been a young man, like I said, that I've known for many years and I've seen you grow up and the work that you do in the community and so man it, it really is something special to see you involved but i know that there's still so much more to come from you and so uh thank you i also know that you're a, a fairly new dad yeah. you know and and you know you have a wife at home and so um it takes a huge support system to do the work that you do and so kudos to mom and baby out there listening as well so thank you yeah. for being here yeah thank you hector for having me our next guest is a very special lady, Dr. Barbara Hinojosa. Dr. Hinojosa, thank you for joining us today. Thank I know, you. Yes, yes, ma'am. And I know that, you know, you are also part of the Hispanic Leaders Network uh, Board of, of Directors. And, and people might not know this about you, but your roots are in Waco. Yes. Uh, and even though you've, you've moved away for your uh, business and for work, but I know you have said over and over that you're slowly but surely making your way back to Waco. Yes. Um, and so you remember Waco you know, how different it looks now to what it used mm-hmm. to. Uh, but I want to ask you more specifically about the Hispanic community here in Waco and Central Texas. What do you think the biggest changes that we have seen with our community have been? Well, first of all, Hector, thank you. And it's so good to be back home. Um, you know, for me, I, I do have this historical perspective of Waco, uh-huh. and I realize that the Hispanic community has just grown in huge numbers. In fact, the latest census says 33.3% of Wacoans are Hispanic. So for me, um, I have been able to spend some of my professional career on the border, uh, Texas-Mexico border. I think I've gained some skills and some perspective that allow me to come back and contribute in big ways to the Hispanic population here in Waco, which is a growing, vibrant population. Yes, ma'am. And and even, you know, so we are celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month right now. Um, and so you will see the celebrations, the kickoffs, et cetera, things like that. But one of the important things that you will see, especially this year, is a drive to uh, send people to the voting booth. Mm. Okay. And I know HLN is a nonpartisan, but even outside of voting, what's the importance of Hispanics, Latinos sticking together? For a specific cause, what do you think the power in that is? Well, I think the power um, is definitely there in coming together because even though we've seen tremendous growth in activity around the Hispanic community in Waco, um, access to different services, sure. um, all that has expanded. But the reality is there are still barriers. Correct. There are there are yes. strong barriers that keep our segments of our community from fully thriving, yeah. and so the power of uniting as 
as any group is so that we can share perspective, we can share voice, um, but there is a lot of power in the vote. And we know that. And you're right. HLN is a nonpartisan organization, but we fully support people engaging in what is their right and their right to have their voice heard. You know, and I think, you know, you said earlier, one of the biggest um, obstacles that I, I believe Hispanics or Latinos, not only here in Waco, but just in our country have are sometimes those barriers mm-hmm. uh, that either have been placed there before us or we have placed for ourselves. Yes. Um, speak a little bit into that. Like, how do you foresee us getting those barriers down so we can have full access to whatever it is that we want? Well, I think, you know, first of all, it's a matter of everybody listening, sure. What w- listening and paying attention. What are the barriers? What is actually, what's the root cause of people not coming out to vote or coming to attend certain functions? You know, I think in our history of, of research, we know language is a huge barrier. Correct. Just understanding where to go and what to do. I think not only is language a barrier, though, but even um, access, d- d- do people know where to right. go? Do they even find find that information. Or the help that they need. That's exactly correct. And then the third piece for me is, do they feel like they belong? I think we see that a lot in our Hispanic communities all over the state of Texas. They they don't always turn out in good numbers because they just don't, they're they're not sure if that's the place they belong. And, and, And I'm sure, you know, like we even saw with Um, the census in 2020, Mm. you know, there wasn't, first of all, we had the pandemic. So I know that played a huge role in getting an accurate count. Uh, But also I think just the fear of, because maybe some of the Hispanic families here, maybe not be here legally. Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. And just giving that information out, Mm -hmm. there's this big old, there's this fear about, you know, the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a real thing that our people struggle with, mm-hmm. you know, so they feel like they don't belong, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, because of that fear. Yeah. You know, trust is built on relationships. Mm-hmm. And so in order for us to build trust in any segment of our community, we have to build strong relationships. And until we have um, organizations like the Hispanic Leadership Network, whose prime uh, function, I think, is to be that conduit yes. to build relationships, yeah. without that, we, we we don't have trust. And so when we start building relationships, building trust, then we will see people feeling more comfortable, feeling like this place is their place. Yeah. But we do have to address the language issue. It's still mm-hmm. an issue for many communities. And and it's a rather simple issue to fix. Right. And, and, and you know, um, we think, oh, my goodness, it's going to cost so much money mm. to translate documents or translate services. But the truth of the matter is we're spending more money not doing those services up front than if we were to take care of them. And so I think when we get to that point as a community or when an organization gets to that point to realize that uh, that language justice or that those language barriers do exist, uh, then I believe that we will still keep having the same issue of having that distrust with our community. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think we it is a mindset. And I think for many people, um, a language other than English is a deficit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and the reality is it's actually um, not a deficit. It's a benefit. Yes. And if someone can uh, have two languages, that's even more of a benefit. My suegra would always say, la que, la que sabe dos idiomas vale por dos personas, Así right? Es. So that's, you know, we, so, but it is our, but it is our mindset, right? And we've got to help our community understand that their language is beautiful, yeah. that it's valuable, yeah. and it certainly belongs in Waco, Texas. Well, Dr. Hinojosa, thank you for 
uh, joining HLN and the work that you're doing even already here in Waco. We are so excited Thank that, you. to have you in Waco. And so we do appreciate uh, you just being such an advocate for the Hispanic culture and community as a whole. So thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Hector. So now in the studio, we have Dr. Anthony Luevanos, uh, which is, I think it's a privilege and honor to, to interview Dr. Luevanos. I've known him since our college years. Uh, I know a long time ago, right? But we won't show our age. Uh, <laughs> one of my fraternity brothers and so yeah. uh, near and dear to my heart. Um, Dr. Luevanos, let me ask you something. You know, we are celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month right now. What do you think makes the Hispanic culture and or the Spanish language so unique? That's a really good question. And, you know, looking back on my upbringing, interactions with family, uh, you know, other Spanish-speaking cultures, um, what makes us, what makes the Spanish culture, what makes Hispanic culture unique is that we have a collectivist mentality. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. the, the, collectivism, the collectivism around uh, you know, raising a community, raising children, um, investing in each other, um, shared responsibility, sure. uh, you know, all of those things kind of go into what it means uh, to be Hispanic. Mm -hmm. It's very, very, very stark, or, or very, uh, I mean, start over. It's very different from what we experience with American individualism. And so, again, the difference there uh, being that in Hispanic culture, we have much more of a collectivist approach, mm -hmm. and which it is a lot of people us, call that familia. Exactly, yeah. and, and and it's great because you uh, a lot of what we have in terms of our support system and our networks of support rely greatly on family. Right. And so when we look uh, to our family, when we're experiencing those hardships in mm -hmm. life, and you know life can get pretty hard exactly. sometimes. Yep. We rely on family. Yes. Uh, to get us through, there you go. To, to tell the chistes, to tell the jokes, <laughs> right, you know, because right, right, right. people have been there. They've they've they they've roughed it. They've they've had a, a tough go yes. of it. And sometimes los cuentos, las yep. historias, um, those are what keeps uh, those are what those are what keep us grounded yes. and keep us open uh, to that familial or to that family culture, yep. because you don't want to go through life alone. There you go. And it's great to go through life yep. in community. And, and I think, you know, when you go through life alone, it's a lot easier to give up sure. than when, if you have a great support system, whether it's your familia or whomever else, mm -hmm. uh, to be there, like being your cheerleader, to cheering you right. on and, and really pushing you forward. But by the same token, when your friend is going through the rough time, then mm -hmm. you're that cheerleader for them. Exactly. I mean, would you say that that's fair? That is. And you know what? Who doesn't want a cheerleader? Right. Yeah. I mean, how many how many out there? don't want another person cheering on their side to get through something Correct. to get over the hump. Correct. Um, you know, even if it's just a Wednesday yeah, another Wednesday during the week, who doesn't want that cheerleader and that support system to get yeah. you through? So, so I know you have been involved with HLN uh, for a few years now. Yes. Um, and so HLN is doing great work in our community. And, and I know that some of their, some of HLN's goals or, or uh, ambitions are to really get involved in the community and mm -hmm. really show the Hispanic 
culture and the pride that comes mm-hmm. with it. What are some of the things that HLN can do during Hispanic Heritage Month uh, that can bring that awareness? Well, I will say the current uh, events that we have right now, we have a, a, a Mariachi Azteca that's mm-hmm. coming about uh, September the 10th. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are celebrating one of our cultural icons here in the local yep. Waco community, yep. um, Porfirio Sanchez. Sanchez. Uh-huh. And, you know, that's one event of many that are going on uh, here. Just recently, we had a, an event that, was, that took place at Waco High School with, uh-huh. uh, with, with uh, Waco High School students, yep. kind of raising awareness yes. and kind of connecting yes. again, creating that network some of familia. Of mentorship with the students. And some, yep. yeah, that, that mentorship with students. Uh, and it, it's just things like that when we're, where we're working systematically and strategically to address the needs of the community, to address the needs of individuals and create that bond yep. that is, is so common in Hispanic culture. Mm-hmm. I think HLN steps into yes. that space Agreed. and we raise the awareness, even in the small, you know, in the little that, that, we, that, mm-hmm. that we can, we provide that connection in that community yes. for people. And then when it's larger events, we communicate that that aspect as well when we're working with other organizations and hopefully we'll raise awareness across the state of texas and the nation i love what you said that you know uh hln is strategically Mm -hmm. uh meeting the needs of individuals Mm -hmm. you know because it's one thing to meet a need collectively as you mentioned when you get down to the individual level that brings just a whole different awareness and so I love what you said there because I know HLN is working on that. Yeah, and we got we got quite a few things coming up. Uh, you know, on a, you know on a monthly basis, we we evaluate. We're hopefully going to create a calendar of events uh, coming up, and we should be idea. reaching into the community yep. and just providing that hand, that uh, support, and that you know just the the familia yep. uh, environment or characteristic or attribute that we have as a Hispanic culture. And again, not focusing just on Hispanics, but yep. the entire community yep. Yep. and bringing those individuals into uh, the fold, into yep. the family, into awesome. and into what we consider uh, our network of support. Well, Dr. Luelanos, thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us. And really thank you for the work that you're doing with HLN. I want you guys to know that the work that all of you do, mm-hmm. because I know it's an entire team, um, it's making a huge impact in our community. So thank you. Uh, we're so blessed to be able to step in there and do the work we Wonderful. do. Thank you. Our next case is Lumba. Apparently I can't speak now. It's the last one. <laughs> I've lost all my words. We can add that to the bloopers reel. <laughs> <laughs> Our next guest is Juel Martinez. Juel is the director for the regional airport here in Waco, Texas, an employee of the city of Waco, and um, just has been so instrumental in the growth of our airport. And you guys are going through another uh, growth right now, uh, but also has recently joined the HLN board. And so I wanted to talk to him a little bit about um, his upbringing and his family. So Juel, I know um, you're from a border town. Yes. uh, and so I know that has shaped and formed you, but what would you say, you know, even growing up in Del Rio, you know, what would you say, um, what does being Hispanic mean to you? And I, I, and I told you earlier, I said, this is kind of a loaded question. <laughs> and, uh, I felt like I was at a disadvantage because for me, it's different than for sure. I'm sure the next person, uh, really the way that I view being Hispanic, mm-hmm. there's a, uh, I guess a source of community and a source of pride, 
uh, family uh, extended beyond just blood relatives. Mm -hmm. And so being Hispanic, I mean, it has its cultural uh, distinctions that really make uh, kind of, it's it's an opportunity. So growing up in a border town, I didn't know any different. You know, 85% of the population there is Hispanic. And so so we, you know, it was, you know, I was in that culture. Uh, Granted, you know, when we were, you know, going through school and things of that nature, you know, really was, you know, assimilation into the English language, Mm -hmm. all those things, you know, we were really kind of drawn away from our language and all those types of things, just to make it easier to, you know, be successful, I guess, at that time, to be successful in the workforce and, you know, in higher education, all of those things. But for us as a, as as a culture and as a family back home, it really meant family, Mm -hmm. you know, it really Mm -hmm. meant gatherings. It meant, you know, Sunday, Sunday lunches after Mm -hmm. church. It meant, you know, uh, the fiestas on Friday night, uh, those types of things, just gatherings of, of, again, and it wasn't just blood relatives. It was, you know, it was extended to, Mm -hmm. you know, to our community and and, and even greater than beyond than that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it also, you know, you know, my parents created a, a great sense of, um, of, of just sort of created a great sense of giving back to our community. Mm. And so whatever that looked like and meant for each and every one of us, because my siblings, they do a fantastic, phenomenal job of doing that. But each and every one of us kind of felt a call to, to serve our community in a different way. You know, for me, it was you know, through education sure. and through kind of promotion and encouraging sure. those around us. But I have brothers that are attorneys. I have brothers that own businesses. And so really, you know, being Hispanic in that in that community meant looking out for one another, mm. uh, looking out for another Hispanic in need, another Hispanic with opportunity that may have been overlooked, just to kind of give them an, a fair opportunity. Because unfortunately, you know, that's one of the things that this kind of a challenge is mm-hmm. there's not very many successful Hispanics Correct. that Correct. can mentor young Hispanics or upcoming Hispanics or Hispanics with, you know, vision and opportunity there. And I think that's one of the <clears throat> great opportunities that HLN offers is that it's people like yourselves, board members, volunteers, et cetera, things like that, that can speak into the lives of others to let them know that, hey, there is opportunity for you. There is a place at the table for you. I mean, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. That's kind of why I really feel at home with this sure. group and a you know, like-minded, you know, like-minded community that kind of we're looking for opportunities to give and encourage and grow, yep. you know, Hispanics where we are. Now, I know um, for those that don't know, you know, you have a beautiful family at home. <laughs> um, how are some of the ways that you share your culture, or maybe some traditions that you've passed on to your family, especially the the Latino culture, the Hispanic culture? So we really do a lot with, I guess, gathering mm-hmm. and community. Uh, we, uh, I, I think as a, as a culture, as a community, Hispanics are naturally um, hospitable. Mm-hmm. And so we invite people into our home. Yep. You know, we feed for, th- we feed them, yep. we cook for them. Uh, we do all those things. So we really try and encourage and kind of emulate for our children, hey, you know what, you know, the Hispanic culture, you know, we're a welcoming right. culture right. and we want, you know, for everybody to come in and feel welcome. Feel at home. Yeah, feel at home. And, and I really hope that we're successful at that. You know, we have, you know, my kids have, you know, non-blood relatives that are uncles and aunts <laughs> and, and different things. Just that. And just from being, being friends and opening sure. our home to that. But, sure. you know, another way for like my family is food. Yep. You know, my wife and I, we're not, 
uh, culinary artist, but we try our hand at, you know, some, some, some traditional Hispanic yeah. foods, you know, mm-hmm. tamales, menudo, awesome. um, which sometimes it's, me hungry, man. <laughs> <laughs> and we just had lunch. Um, and so, yeah, and so that's kind of really where it is. It's through community. Uh, sure. uh, that's how we kind of share our culture. And then, you know, HLN has, has afforded me an opportunity then to kind of broaden uh, that exposure for my kids. You know, one is to find other Hispanic leaders in our community that have been successful mm-hmm. or that have succeeded in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I've been able to kind of bring my children and my family around them to kind of uh, help grow that awareness and then also to give back. Awesome. You know, that's the other thing too is, you know, we can't, our, our young people, they can't be so short-sighted that they're, they only look to be and long to be fed. Mm-hmm. You know, like I tell my children is, you know, yes, you need to be supported and propped up and encouraged and mentored, but for a short while. Right. And then you need to turn around and find somebody behind there you, you to I do it for that. them. So that's, that's kind of part of what I feel like, you know, the Hispanic culture mm-hmm. is, is to kind of help support, you know, each other and one yeah. another and grow one yeah. another for sure. And, and I love what you said because, you know, even growing up, I had those individuals that helped me and supported me. But now I feel like it's my turn to turn around That's right. and help those and support those that are coming up behind me. And I know you do that same type of work. Um, and it's it's feels good to be able to at least provide that type of opportunity for one other person. Because some of us yes. uh, throughout life don't have that at all. That's right. And to be able to offer that to someone speaks volumes. Oh, yes. And so, you know, we just, again, I just encourage, you know, anyone that has an opportunity to reach down and or to reach around really and just support somebody you know involve somebody in the community uh, and just to kind of encourage that growth and development because we don't know you know who the next you know mayor will be sure. u.s representative sure. will be doctor lawyer Correct. and we're talking about as young as you know grade school exactly and they just need to know that they can yes and you'll, you'll be surprised if you just show them if you just show them where the moon is, they're going to shoot for it. <laughs> I think most people, especially children, want to know that they're being seen mm. and heard. That's right. Absolutely. You know? And I think offering that type of support to them yes. changes, in many cases, the tra- trajectory of their life. Well, thank you. It was good uh, speaking with you today. I know you're planning on many great things to come in the community, so I'm excited for what's to take place, uh, not only with you, but your family as well. All right. Thank you again. has been a Rogue Media Podcast.